Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously after an unbelievable opening weekend of the Rugby World Cup in Japan. And uh, we opened our podcast with a gong because, well firstly, I think we should we need to credit our Japanese rugby brethren for their incredible drum and gong action. Yes, agreed. What do you think happened there? Do you think they, the, world, the World Rugby originally asked for like a, a bell or a hoot? So they, well, this is the only thing that we've got. Oh, this is what we use. <laughs> They're probably just built into every stadium. Yeah, say so. Enormous gong. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's good. It's use good. That. It is good. Uh, JB's right there. There is Phil. Hello, Timothy. Hello, Tim. Right, and um, we've got so much to talk about. Um, so you know where to find us at Rugby Podcast, and uh, wherever you listen to us uh, to our podcast, you can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Acast. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, um, Castbox. What do you use, Phil? Player FM. Player FM. Yeah, uh, I'd like to start the podcast actually with a shout out. Well, I would. I would just say hit oh. sub- hit subscribe because there are podcasts short and long going to be coming thick and fast Ooh. into your feed throughout the World Cup. So basically, there's a podcast for any type of person of any type of length. Yeah, yeah. As like that. Like we reverent rugby content. Yes, true. This one could end up being the Ben Talmafuna of podcasts. <laughs> there's so much to talk or it could about. Be the Baptiste Saran. Of exactly. Uh, yeah, I was just going to just start with a quick shout out to Gethin Jones, the uh, the 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 presenter. Okay, that that's it. That's it. That's it. Hi, Gethin. <laughs> why? Why is that? No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay. You will tell, as in you'll tell us on the show on the podcast later. I'm going to tell you next episode. Next. Oh, next you, episode. What a tease! You what little a, tease. What a tease! What a tease! <laughs> all right, I tell you, what, I'm going to ask a question straight off the bat because I think we just need to get this out of the way, Phil. If it's all right with you. Yes. England had the largest winning margin of any side <laughs> on the opening weekend so far. And um, why, with that as the context, should England be thinking, it's awful, JB, come on, just get it out of the way. <sighs> why, why is it so awful? Why, why are England awful? That is a great question. Why but by, the, by the way, it's not, it's, I'm not making a, asking a question because I agree with the statement. I'm just, I just know we're <laughs> going to end up there. So let's just get let's it out get of the way. Out. Let's lance that boil straight away. Come on, because, Jamie. Because this was not a hugely important game in the scheme of things. Let's try and do it in less than, I don't know, five minutes. Okay, so um, five minutes on the clock. Go. <laughs> England are awful because... No, um, they, are, they are not awful. They are not awful at all. They're, they're an amazing side with amazing players. The coach leaves something to be desired, but we'll get inside in a second. Um, they were strange today. They weren't awful. They were strange. And this is why. They obviously had a tactic, to, I think, to tire out the Tongans, I think. They were kicking it around a bit. And as I tweeted out, I think 
like towards the end of the game, I thought they showed Tonga an awful lot of respect. And I don't mean respect in a good way either. Um, I mean respect as in they weren't playing. So think about the best England, England performances in, re- in recent years. Probably the All Blacks, even though that they lost. Probably the two Ireland games that, that, that they've had. Where yeah. they absolutely ran through Ireland. Yeah. And they didn't show respect for the All Blacks or Ireland. They just hammered them. Uh, and I didn't see that today against Tonga. And they don't have an excuse. They don't have the Tonga excuse, or the Fijian excuse, or the USA excuse. That, oh, we've only just met each other three minutes ago. Um, they've been together for four years. They know exactly what, what to do. They know exactly how they want to play. And it was just weird. I don't know why they decided to play a different strategy to the one which they are so devastating at playing. So, I'm not sure I agree with the, the totally different strategy. So, I, I actually actually think they, they showed respect, but they they played uh, certainly elements of it similar to the Island game, where they were kicking a lot. Now, part of that, it had a... Uh, it was, to me, I was reading it almost as a side effect advantage that it tied out the Tongans towards the end of the game. Yeah. Which was always going to happen almost regardless of their strategy. But I think it showed it showed some respect to Tonga, but as an approach that they were almost playing this as if they were playing a better team. Yeah. And by by that I mean they didn't want to play a fast and loose strategy in this game and then totally change it when they come up against serious opposition. I think this was more how we will see them when they play Argentina when they when we they play France and if they get to the knockouts. But they did look me. nothing like the team that brutalised Ireland. Well, part, partly that is they were the smaller pack. They they are smaller and lighter than that Tonga pack. So they they were carrying hard. They they kicked a bit more. They carried hard, but they weren't always getting the change from carrying. Yeah, hard. how many? T- when in fact I cannot remember the last time I saw Billy Vanapola sat down. Wow, yeah. you kind of thought there might be some uh, a little bit of a message there for Billy. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you, if you uh, get the opportunity to have a shot on yeah. one of your mates, one of your brethren, absolutely. But it, mu- it. it must be must have been weird for him. Like his his he, earliest rugby memory is watching his dad in the nineteen ninety nine World Cup captain Tonga. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It must be bizarre from that perspective. But no, I would go along with Phil, and I, I would also say. Um, no, I would just go along with Phil. Actually, <laughs> I, I, could, I was thinking I could could spin it out and say it in a, a different way, but no, I just don't need to say this in a different way. I agree. I also think you got to, you, you have got to remember that um, England have had the biggest margin of any side. Yep, they did keep a, a side that were incredibly spirited and were treating this like a, a huge moment for them. Well, they, a, yeah, you're right. You're right. All those things are correct, and and yeah. they kept them to, to three points. I. I just think it, yeah, it would it, it showed them referent, uh, respect, not deference, and it is just a step along the way um, to the to the process. And I, I think, I think the USA will be a, a, another step along. And I don't think England yeah. will change the way they play, but I think that it will be much more convincing. England will change personnel, but yeah. I, I think they'll play a, a similar style. Um, just just to to kind of counter that point a little bit. So England did have the w- biggest winning margin this weekend. Yeah, they also had the biggest gap in, gap world, in world rankings. World ranking. I agree. Yeah. So you, so you would expect them to have the biggest yes. winning rankings. 
And it was not, by any stretch of the imagination, a vintage England performance. It, they, oh, they 100%. The they actually oh, I know, I know. The, the, the mistakes they, were, they, bad, were not good. If England had come out of this without a, a four-try bonus point, which they were three minutes away from doing, yeah. um, it would have been a total disaster. Yeah. As it is, it's it's a solid result against a very spirited side, but England need to be better. Oh, yeah. So I think the reason Eddie Jones bothers me so much, I had this thought, thought today. <laughs> it, I do find this... I do find this dislike of Eddie Jones particularly strange, given your incredible love of Steve Diamond. Well, I, I, so I saw that. I saw your tweet about the calm collected. Because no, you, you, post, you posted, a, yeah, you posted a little uh, video yeah. of Eddie Jones again slamming the table and saying, "This is a calm collected." No, no, no uh, I just said calm collected leader, leader of men. I'd leader of men. Make yeah. any judgments? You made the judgments. Tip, well, tip okay. <laughs> so there's no implication at all in that. No, well, look, uh, you say... So, my, that, my, so your sarcasm didn't portray anything. And can we just, like, j- just to sort of cross-fertilise to another game for a second, Yeah. Um, when you look at New Zealand, it's only when you see them in a World Cup that you go, that you, that you suddenly piece all the bits of the jigsaw from the last four years together and go, ah. <laughs> so, when, so when New Zealand came over and, and played the teams up in the Northern Hemisphere... And seem to be, and everyone was going. Oh, they're not quite at their best. It's only then you sort of go. Now, now you go. Oh, okay. They were just trying stuff out, weren't they? Because they had their eye on the on the end goal. Maybe. Certainly, that is true with New Zealand. I'm, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm I think not. Some of it is true with England. I do think England are a different. Oh no, no, no totally. I was. I wasn't. Journey. I wasn't highlighting yeah. the point. The point I'm saying is this: this is a World Cup. Yeah. And. Objective achieved. Move on. Yeah. That's probably the best way to look at it from, from, from an England fan's point of view, definitely. Which is, yeah, four points in the bag. Move on. Hope you play better. Yeah, five points. Five points. Five points. Five points? Oh, oh yes, point. of course. Five yeah, points, yeah. no injuries, although Henry Slade looks a bit ominous. Yeah, well, he picked up a knock. And he didn't play very well. And he didn't play very well. <laughs> yeah, but he, some he, of the he handling. Is, he's very rusty, Henry said, because he's not yeah. played since the his first rugby final. since Premiership final. Yeah, yeah. And to be heavily strapped on his knee, go down at one point, clutching his knee. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a position where you've got two guys in for, like unbelievable form because yeah. Tuolagi was deserved man of the match, and Joseph when he came on mm. looked a different class. Yeah. So. Joseph is a different class. I mean, I think he's one of England's most consistent performers for about five years now. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely. He, he is genuinely world class. Yep. Um, well, yeah, look, it, well, no, mean? no. I, I would stop short of saying world class. He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't delivered those performances on the biggest stages. So let's see. But maybe we might. I Did hope. Brian Driscoll. I, I think not. What normally happens is during a World Cup. What normally du- happens during a World Cup? Well, O'Driscoll did for the Lions. And Grand um, Slams, Grand Slams, over about a fifty-year yeah, yeah, period. Yeah, um, but hasn't um, hasn't hasn't Joseph got got a Grand Slam? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is, yeah. normally uh, a lot of world a lot of World Cup winning teams, you would look back at them, and you would go, "Oh, look, they had uh, they had ten, they had seven world class players in that fifteen. But so you only make that judgment after the World Cup final. Coming into the World Cup, you wouldn't say that player is a world class player. Who no, I, see, I, I, I'm I a would. bit more fast and loose with my world class assessments. I, I would put... Um, Owen Farrell world-class? Jonathan Sorry? Joseph. Owen Farrell world-class? Yeah. Uh, not jo- not, but not Jonathan Joseph? Uh, in his position, I don't 
I think he's one of the prop. best best few. At least said prop, yes. <laughs> now you're talking. Um, oh, I think JJ's great. Don't get me wrong. Shall we go on to the uh, yeah. the New Zealand-South Africa game? Yeah, this that was... That was arguably the next... Oh, well, that was arguably the biggest game, although Scotland-Island was... No, well... France-Argentina um, France were big With game. foresight, it was arguably the bigger game. And with hindsight, it was definitely the bigger game. This was a, an incredible game. It was. I, I love this from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and I, I was... I was shocked at how poorly New Zealand started, how they rusty awful. they looked, how shaken they yeah. were with the the physicality of South Africa, who were totally dominant for that first 20 so, minutes and came out of that total dominance. Three, three points. And that was the biggest takeaway for me, yeah. is how dominant South Africa were and yeah. how unbelievable New Zealand are at scrambling and just... Just, yep. doing just doing whatever it takes, it takes. Me, to, to stop them. Me and Phil were trying to watch this whilst corralling kids, and um, <laughs> we've got about 20 minutes in, and I was like, they are in trouble here, uh, South Africa, because they hadn't scored. And it, it that, to me, was a massive worry, because it only took one, one mistake or one turnover or something, and that's exactly what happened, and they got it, punished for it. And it, it, was, it was two mistakes in three minutes from South Africa that led to those two tries. Yeah. The, the bridge and the Scott Barrett, and New Zealand exploited it brilliantly. It reminded me a little bit of... There were echoes of Twickenham when New Zealand uh, played there in the sense that they were under the cosh for 20 minutes, but no team can sustain the relentless pace that England did against New Zealand and that South Africa did in this game totally against agree. New Zealand. And so after if after 20 minutes, if you haven't made hay, well, it's coming back the other way. Yeah, pressure's a, pressure's a funny thing. It's like it? an elastic band. It's going gonna, it's gonna, yeah. to ping. That's a, that's a very, very good way to put it. Because if you haven't scored after you set a prep, like I always think, if a, a team is camped on another team's line for you know ten minutes and they don't get the score, that is a massive psychological defeat. It is, yeah, yeah, it's huge. You've got to, you've got to at least get three. Yeah, if you don't get, because South Africa got three points after two minutes, and then for the next twenty minutes they were there. They were in the twenty-two. They had opportunities. They had try scoring opportunities. And what bats are in them? The ball yeah. carries. The yep. every carry was making yards. <sighs> they, they were bending and bending the New Zealand line, and they just couldn't do it. I've got a feeling there might be a chapter two to this story. I really do. Yeah, well, a lot of people are, are still thinking that will be the final. Yeah, yeah. And I, I and think about the think about the two thousand and seven final. Uh, South African batter England opening day, and then it was a uh, well, arguably a TMO decision away from yeah. England. England winning another World Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, South Africa still all getting better. I, I still believe that. Yeah, um, and I think. Oh, I mean, who are they likely to face? Scotland? No, Ireland. Ireland. They're, they're likely to face Ireland now. Well, but you look at right. So Ireland, South Africa. There's one really interesting thing when you dovetail the two together that, that I took away from the weekend. Ireland looked like old Ireland. Yep, and. Connor Murray was a massive part of that. He looks yeah. like old Connor Murray, which we haven't seen for a long time. And South Africa didn't manage to make the pressure count, and Faf de Klerk had a shocker by his high standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah he missed. I mean, at one point it was harder to miss every Springbok than yeah, yeah. to actually hit one. Yeah, somehow P- we picking that. the gaps in between the the Springbok. Yeah, he really attackers. threaded that ball in the worst possible way. And this is what I talk about. This is why I talk about world class players on the biggest stages because. Go, coming into the World Cup, everyone will go world-class player. If Fafta Clerk has four matches like that, or two more, another game like that, and gets dropped for Herschel Yanchis, you'd have to go. Well, maybe he's not world-class. Yeah, yeah. Or he, even because I'm not saying he will. To, yeah. The the thing with Faf, like like a few other players, is 
Faf can do phenomenally brilliant things. Like things, he has vision that no one else has. So I'm just spilling tea over myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on and your nice, nice white top. Yeah, yeah, he can do things that no one else can do. Positively, he can also do things that are like schoolboy mistakes negatively. And the the George Bridge oh, yeah. try came from the pass that he threaded Wild through. Wild pass. Half a dozen players where Richie Munger kicks it through. It was, only... it was harder to miss one of his players than to, yeah. to pass it to yeah, one of yeah. them. Yeah, it was. It was only. In the... fact, that shows the skill of Fafter Clerk. He managed to <laughs> exactly he right. managed to miss all his players. He is a unique talent. <laughs> he is a unique talent. <laughs> he definitely is a unique talent. Oh, there's no he question. Is a unique but slightly inconsistent talent. Um, in the, something interesting, I, I um, was speaking to some mates last night about this game, and there's something that, that did strike me. Um, and I, I texted this to you two yesterday as well. So, New Zealand are no bigger or stronger. If anything, they're slightly smaller and slightly weaker. Yep. They're certainly no faster. Uh, on average, they've got very fast players like Sever Reese, but um, are Reese and Bridge faster than Mapimpi and Colby? Probably not. Um, no. Oh, Sever Colby's play, by the way. Oh, Colby was. Good God. He, he is unplayable at times. Uh, he is. Yeah, so you're so so but, if so if you uh, yeah yeah, the, they're also so I was expecting when when New Zealand were, whatever it was, um, they were seventeen three up or something like that at half time, and I was expecting it to them to accelerate away because their fitness late on in games they always outscore the opposition late on in games, and they didn't so they they're they're even they're no fitter than South Africa, so that that bodes really really well for South Africa as a team and it but it's probably bad for most other people that are going to play these teams. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference, I thought, was the fine margins and the Mm decision-making. And and the two examples, we've already spoke about the two South African mistakes where there's a handling error or there's a turnover or a bad pass. And for a second, South Africa are out of their systems and it takes them a few seconds to react, whereas New Zealand react like that. They react so quickly. Just a tiny bit sharper. They're like, uh, you, you know how like um, sharks can apparently smell one drop of blood from uh, miles yeah. away. That, that's like New Zealand. They yeah. they they they, can, they get a tiny tiny whiff, and they're might, in. There might be a turnover, and they've yeah. already reacted yeah. to the fact that there might be a turnover. And the other thing, which is key in this game and in in some of the big international wins, was the penalty count. So Razi Erasmus, the the penalty count he referred to after the game was eleven two. In New Zealand's favour, um, I've seen they only conceded two. Well, I've, I've seen nine four elsewhere. Either way, they only conceded four against yeah, South Africa. Exactly. Wow. It, it's still and well, let's say when, three. When let's you, average it. When you look back at that game, wow. and the breakdown was a total lottery. It was. It was not particularly well refed, and there were bodies everywhere. People lying on everything. People coming in from the side, but and South Africa conceded a lot of penalties. Some of the refing was that abysmal. I, I thought, but. New Zealand was so cool and calm, and they only competed. There was a couple of Ardi Surveyor turnovers, one following a brilliant Colby break. Uh, apart from that, they hardly competed at the breakdown because they knew it wasn't worth conceding the penalties. So I, I was I was very impressed with those two aspects. Yeah, it's really game. interesting, isn't it? Because like Gatlin's, I, I don't know whether it's, it's a phrase that he got from somewhere else and used, but I, I think Gatlin, when I think it, the be the best at the things that require no no skill. No skill. Yeah. It, yes, there is that. 
But in a world where you've got the most elite athletes whose professional full-time job is to be Skillful. is to do those things, the margins between them, like you say, strength, speed, all the rest of it, are, are minimal. Yeah. And that inte- that rugby intelligence that yeah. New Zealand have is so price. It's just priceless. It's, so it's even yeah. even with all that intelligence, how the, you cannot stop someone like Ch- uh, Cheslin Colby. No. When, when he's God. so amazing, isn't it? He's he is not he, just the heir to Shane Williams. He's better. Oh, he's actually so, better. So he's everyone, so powerful as well. Yeah. When he when he blasts through, he blasted between. I think it was Scott Barrett and his Whitelock who was trying to tackle him, and he just brushes him off like he's not there. So uh, obviously, players are products of their time. So it's not really fair to say uh, he is better than Shane Williams. Shane Williams was... What about Jason old. Robinson as a comparison? That's, that's where I was going that's, next. Oh, okay. So Jason Robinson would be a guy who's probably a similar stature. I wouldn't even be surprised if Colby was smaller. And I think what impresses me most is, I think there was a stat uh, a couple of years ago that the England under-20s team was bigger than the World Cup winning team yeah. in, in the pack. So God knows what we make of the you know the most recent Springbok team or the most recent uh, New Zealand team. But he's still doing it, despite his size, in this modern world of absolute Goliaths. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, make, that, that, that's what makes him special. It's the old school stepping, uh, steppiness and the skills and the speed, but just in the land of giants, where usually you need to be a Stockdale-type character to be making an impact, or a Corabetti. Well, I think part of, thing, part of it is those characters that have always existed in rugby, and long may that continue, mm. that rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Um, but it's possibly that it is a land of giants that that actually. Well, well yeah, maybe the, he's the reason such a contrast. Yeah, the yeah, reason the, they the do the contrast well. is arguably greater. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, well, so you mentioned um, Stockdale before, but there's another island have got their own stepping wizard, small little pinball wizard, who was playing fifteen. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous. I was talking to an Irish mate of mine last night, and I said, I think that if I was Scotland. I would be targeting Llama at 15 oh, uh, with high balls and yeah. moving him around the park. And, well, one, they didn't really get the opportunity. Scotland didn't really get the opportunity to do it. But everything they threw at him, he took and returned. I didn't understand Ireland's pessimism. Just before we... Um, we'll come on Sorry, to that. Just, yeah. just on, on the New Zealand thing, there's one, there's one thing I can't condone and will not condone. Ooh. Um, Scott Barrett's dive for his try. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, pathetic. It? It, was it was pathetic. It was awkward. Either do a dive... Or just put it down, but that was—he looked like uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Actually, just before we do, do, do move on. What about the refing? I thought the refing yeah, was so poor. broadly until today, Sunday, as we record this Saturday. Saturday's refereeing was dreadful. Um, yeah, absolutely media, dreadful. Yeah, you know, just little things. So, Aaron Smith knocked the ball on in front of his own posts, and the, and the officials all missed it. I could not believe it. <laughs> Uh, just, just little things, little things that shouldn't really be happening in the ha- at, 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 like the highest level. You can't be missing knock-ons. Individual moments will get missed from time to time. I do get that. So even in the case of, I mean, uh, the, the Argentina-France one. Oh, what a game. Absolute out, out, I was absolutely outraged at s- uh, some of the blatant decisions that Argentina didn't get. Um, yeah, I, 
I mean, even the one where there was a, I mean, the one that, that everyone's talked about is Pickamore being offside and intercepting. I mean, that was just, uh, Angus, when you look at where Angus Gardner was stood and looking, world, world referee of the year, by the way. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he was looking straight at it and how he or his assistant referee didn't spot that. I, I don't understand because it was so oh, obvious. Can I tell you the best Angus Gardner quote from uh, this weekend? This is not a beat up on Angus Gardner. And I'm sure he doesn't say us off. Well, well, he's had a lot of good games. You don't, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You don't get. But this was a this was a particularly no, bad no, one. This this is a. I, I could believe what I was hearing. I'm sure it's Angus Gardner, and I apologise to him if it's not. But one of the audience signs had their hands on the ball. Angus Gardner shouting, um, "Leave it blue! Leave it blue! Leave it blue!" So he releases the ball. He goes, "Ball lost! No, 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 no! It's ball lost, and then it's leave it blue." Otherwise, of course, it's going to be ball lost because you told him to leave it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, uh, Angus Gardner, I, I think what actually happened in that uh, Argentina, we should, we should talk broadly rather than yeah, specifics, yeah, yeah. but just on, on the on the officiating point, I think he, I think what happened is he forgot to put his cards in his pocket. Oh. And so rather than face the embarrassment of saying, I've left my cards in the dressing room, um, I don't have any, I'm going to have to hold up an imaginary yellow card. He actually just went, oh, do you know what? I'm just not going to bother giving one. Because how how a Frenchman wasn't in the bin in that game is I, I cannot cannot get my head around it. Verve, guile, skill. <laughs> it was... Determination. Uh, I was really... Artistry. Really, but broadly speaking, we, we talked about the, offici- the, the... So let's talk broadly rather than about specific games. The officiating on that Saturday was dreadful. The, the, the breakdown is... An absolute joke. The offside line is just not enforced. Oh, we can yeah. talk. Yeah. Well, what's going? Do and I, I don't. I don't get it. And with the amount that was said, we we said before the World Cup. I think I I went on as well. I hope we're not talking about refereeing yeah, yeah. during this World Cup. But for the amount that we we had it rammed down our throat about this new pathway of decision making. Oh, it's just been totally ignored. It's been completely ignored. <laughs> what What was the point? Like, fine, ignore it, but then don't make us swallow. Press conference after press conference yeah. and story after story about it for a but, bloody month before the World Cup. But the problem is, it's not going to be consistently ignored. There are going to be games. So the Reese Hodge incident, which has since oh, been cited, yeah. there are going to be games decided later on in this tournament in both directions for yeah. that either being given a red card or nothing happening and um, a team losing one of their best players like um, like Yato. And... It's going to happen in both directions. So, but there's no but consistency. The auto decision, right? Is everything that's wrong with the game today, like everything? So, firstly, you've got the decision where they, you know, they obviously miss a card, and I can, you know, kind of get that. Uh, you know, like you said before, Tim. Sometimes in individual things go awry. And, you know, if we were looking at this five years ago, maybe no one mentions it. Ten years ago, certainly no, nobody mentions it. But it's been rampant. Rub uh, down our throats. So now we come to expect this, and if we don't, there's absolute out- there's absolute outrage, as uh, then subsequently was. Um, then you've got all the caution of the head um, uh, he- head injuries. Now I, I'm guessing Yoto would have returned to play, uh, but what three 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 years ago? So well, he, yeah, he probably so, wouldn't have. He, yeah, he would have just been given a magic sponge and be back on. Yeah, so Fiji. Had been I, I wonder of... if he would have got the same magic sponge that Johnny Sexton got from his Irish physio. By the <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. jeez, <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, just joking. Yeah, so uh, Fiji have kind of been let down on two fronts here: the non-officiating of the pathway, and then they've caught, you know been caught up with all the head, the head injury stuff, which I know is essential. This that, and the other, but they've now lost their best player, and, uh, he, and he was 
the he best. Was, player. He was the best player on the pitch for the first thirty-five minutes. Yeah, and and, and, and by the way, Reese Hodge after that scored eight of Australia's points, and um, Fiji lost their best player. We're not talking about uh, yes, individual decisions go for you. We don't go against you, but. We're talking about in the Argentina game, Angus Gardner, and I, I forget the referee in this one. Was it Jerome Garces in the? Could have been. No, no he was, was the in, South, Africa, South Africa. Whoever it was, these are decisions which could send sides home from a World Cup quite legitimately. Could be. Yeah, there, there are very huge. Few, there are very few decisions that could totally decide a game. And I yes. normally hate... Because there are 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a lot more in your control than out of your control. But a, a single decision that, in one fell swoop, takes off Fiji's best player and leaves on a, a player who goes on to score um, eight points, but also leaves Australia with a full complement for the, the yeah. remaining 55 minutes. Yeah. I, that I don't is, think, that I, is I don't as, think as significant saying, as it can be. Yeah, I don't think anyone's saying... In, well, certainly not here, that, that it would change the result. It's just... You know, it's poorly thought. Well, it's not yeah. poorly thought out. It's poorly executed. But uh, it, everything's there for a good reason. But it's just poorly executed. And I thought they'd put in all these safety nets, like we have the TMOs. The TMO. the What's TMO. going on? The TMO is being paid to rewatch footage. If, if not, and, and, there was a five-minute break after that. Yeah, and the Fijian captain. Yeah, the no, Fijian no, no, captain sorry. asked for it to be looked at. By the way, a five-minute break while somebody has been dealt with with a head injury. with a head injury. Yeah, look, Actually, no one I've, thought. No one thought to look back at that incident. He, he's literally been paid to do that. Yeah. There's nothing else going on, so he, he should be doing that. And Dan Dan Leo, uh, ex-Samoan player, good all-round good bloke, he's uh, basically yeah. dedicates his sort of rugby influence to helping the Pacific Island nations uh, off, uh, you know, from his role off the field uh, in a sort of ambassadorial role. He he asked the question, and you, I, I don't like getting into conspiracy theories, but he said, what do you think would have happened were it a Fijian... Look, oh. sm- smashing an Australian in a comparable situation because the other element of that is um, that there was a, if it had been a red card potentially you're looking at the decision then is penalty try Pot- potentially yeah. Um, yeah so 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 Dan Leo's point was what do you think would have happened had a massive Fijian smashed someone and shouldered them in the head and they go off for a HIA I have to say yeah. I mean I hate to say this because it sort of Goes down that horrible road. Of, it feels you know, conspiracy theory. Well, yeah. yeah, it also goes down the horrible road which our society is suffering in general. Which is, oh, they would 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 they have done that to the to the rich white nation? But I'm kind of struggling to see. He's exactly right. He's exactly right. Uh, there, there would have been action if it, um, if it if it was the other way around. I can't see how they wouldn't. If. Um, yeah, well, well, it, the Tonga game. It was quite clear. Anthony Watson, even if he had got hit in the chin. Well, it's because he dropped the ball and then yeah. was was on his knees. The mitigating factors allow for incidents yeah. like that, which is a sun change in that, ball carrier. Well, height. fine, but th- th- we got the right decision in the end. Yeah. But that was thoroughly investigated, and that that was well handled. Yeah, no, there was in the um, it was the France Argentina. There was a a, um, a Angus Gardner handled one brilliantly, which was. Yes, um, Pano and uh, the Argentine fullback Buffelli, Buffelli going, going up for a, a high ball. Yeah, it was yeah, a fair contest. No they they clattered into each other, but they were both in a position to catch the ball. Pano then catches uh, an inadvertent knee to the head as he's going down. It was just a rugby incident, to to borrow your phrase, Tim. He looked at it. The, it actually felt like in that that the TMO mm. was urging him to have some action. Yeah, he because did. the TMO shouldn't have shown him that, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but. So he, there's he did. There's a couple of 
clashing factors here. So the irony of the whole situation is the way the refs handled it is probably how I want ref, how I want games to be handled anyway, which is a little bit faster, looser, and for the man on the field to have ultimate control. And if he misses something, well, look, that's just the game. That, that happens, right? Except if it's an Owen Farrell high shot. Uh, which absolutely has to be dealt with there and then. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got that. And I think, you know, the other the other factors are, I think as a three, we're probably very spoiled by the standards of officiating in the Premiership, which is far superior uh, to... To, to what we've seen or at least there are just, some brilliant referees yeah. that haven't been sent as England's representative JP Doyle for example exactly. is, great. is better than most of the refs at the World Cup yeah, that, we, so, that we've seen so far yeah, yeah 100% so, I, agree I mean, if they're not better they're certainly more in tune with what the authorities want and the systems that they've built for them so we've got these refs sort of refing differently and then we've got these systems which that are utilised in the Premiership and are done very very well but they seem to clash. So you've got the worst. You've got the worst of all worlds because it's like this dual mixed-up standard of uh, bad, you know, systems that referees don't really conform to. Mm. Another, just just to finish yeah. the refereeing on a, on a positive note. You, we kind of hinted it before, but I think it was Paul Williams, Paul Williams, yeah, former international player, referee yeah. in Ireland, Scotland. I was that, we, is that Paul Williams, as in the ex Samoa, ex Sail Shark? I assumed it was. I would have thought you would have known he's an ex-Sail Shark, JB, if that's the Paul uh, Williams I'm talking about. If it's Paul Williams... Play for Stade Francais, yeah. Sail Sharks... If it's Paul Williams that you're talking about, uh, he was Sail Shark's most expensive water, uh, water carrier for about three years. Uh, no, it is a different... No, it I thought I was going to say he didn't Paul look Williams. like it. No, Apolog- who apologies. is the one I'm thinking of? Apologies. No, because he played... Paul Williams was, uh, was excellent. Yeah, Paul Williams it's was... not his. No, Paul Williams in the, in the Ireland-Scotland game was brilliant. I thought he... he no, 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 stop, stop. Paul, uh, we need to get to which Paul Williams. Paul Williams, right? Whose father also played, brother played in, and, and he was a Samoan international, right? Fullback. Yes. No, he is very good. He's I, a great I, player. I, I want to have that on the record. Who is the guy that I'm thinking of that played for uh, Italy and might still be playing and play, played at Sale? And he, oh, oh Luke, McLean. Uh, Luke McLean. That's who I'm yeah. going to get, get mixed up with. Now he <laughs> was Sale's most expensive ever water carrier. <laughs> uh, but yes, Paul Williams was outstanding. Wayne Barnes, still the best in the world for me. Yeah. I, I hope he I hope he doesn't get the World Cup final because I hope England are in it. But if England yeah. aren't in it, I hope he gets the World Cup final. So here's how we work this, right? If there's a referee like Wayne Barnes, all the normal system structures and uh, video refs remain in place. If it's a French referee or someone who doesn't really want to play that way today, we just scrap everything because at least you know we're going down <laughs> one system or the other, but we can't have a mix of them both. Well, with the amount that Wayne Barnes uses the TMO or doesn't use the TMO, you probably you probably get more consistency that way anyway. I, li- I like it. I like his decisiveness when it's on. But he, that, those two are comfortably the best of the weekend, so yes, we can end on a positive. Uh, hang on. I wanted, Be like them. I, I'm pretty annoyed that we've not spoke more about Argentina and France. Well, no, we can talk about the games. I was, well, I was, we were just creating a little... Um, bubble of discontent. Bubble of discontent yeah. re- regarding officiating... With a positive ending, hoping that there you go, be like that. And I mean, Ledesma was incandescent after the Argentina France game. He was absolutely beside well, himself. Yeah, uh, at, it, at the officiating, I, I would I would say to Mister Ledesma, concede less points in the first half, and and you'll be in a much better situation. Yeah, yeah, because France for the first thirty minutes were brilliant. They were back to their brilliant best yep. and brilliant best by that I mean 
the best of 20, 25 years ago. Yes. Oh. Not that we've seen ah, in the last... Nothing 10, that we've seen in the last decade, yeah. yeah. So when the team was announced, I was a little bit worried. Because, like, you look through it, and I think I might have spoken about this in the preview... These are not giant men. They're not. No. The, you know, they're not the nearly thousand kilogram pack which they wanted to put out against Wales. Um, they've left a lot of these big, big lads at home. I was like, oh, what's, uh, what's going to happen here? And it worked really well. You know, you know, um, Aldrich um, uh, carried well. I thought. I, th- uh, I thought two, uh, two flankers had a tremendous game. Uh, the props were a bit shaky, but I, I'm starting to give more credit to Argentina regarding that because those boys can scrimmage. They're in the top fourteen week out, week, uh, week in, week out. They can definitely, de- definitely yeah, yeah. scrimmage. Um, you do have to look at it the other way, which is aren't Argentina on like twelve consecutive losses or eleven consecutive losses now? Oh, I don't know. Is it's that the, the inverse of the JB but, Cup? But, yeah. to, but to stay on the French thing, fine. What I, what I have been saying for bloody years is the French DNA. When I first remember watching rugby. My favourite team was France, not just because, and I'm going to show you, that was their old school kit. I remember yes. that. The yep. greatest kit. A- Adidas with the three stripes down yeah, the the tricolor, in tricolor colours. Oh, a thing of beauty. Um, not just that, but it was the way they played, this this kind of flair, and when someone made a break, the flooding through yep. with support and the offloads. And it's yeah. you think of players like Aaron Ordeke and Manya and... Philippe Salar and Serge Blanco. That's what. That's the way France played. That's their DNA. That's and Olivon has a little bit of uh, uh, manual about him. Yeah, and yeah. but Laporte came in and just did what he did at Toulon. Just tried to get massive men and completely ruined the DNA of French rugby. I did quite, I did quite enjoy that also. And Fabien Galtier. <laughs> Fabien Galtier was a man in that old school mould, and he he seems like he's bringing that but back. You ask players who played in Montpellier what they think of Fa- Fa- Fabien Galtier, and it's not. It's not overly favourable. Uh, ask Jim Hamilton what he thinks. It's uh, it's relatively amusing. Um, I do like what they've done though, which is put on the kids to start with, just go wild, lads, and sort of like Wales do with Dan Bigger. Then you get the older heads on later who can settle it down and yeah, win you the game. But the kid, yeah, you say the kids, but kids in Entermax twenty, yeah, Entermax twenty, and Dupont's twenty two. But they're but they're, they're kids, but they're. they're... They're precocious talents. They're yeah. incredible. There's no doubt about that. They're incredible flair talents. I mean, it was. I think it was said in commentary that um, Untermax probably third, third or fourth choice fly half at Toulouse. Yeah, yeah, but, he is. But a, pre- a precocious talent. Uh, and Vakatawa, by the way, was not wearing twelve. No, he's wearing thirteen. Yeah, which, which is more like what we, I guess, we should have expected when we saw but those two in the. Center. It was listed at twelve. Yeah, he was. It was maybe it was a, uh, a bit of gamesmanship. Billy Burns, Mark Ak- Mark Atkinson situation, where they swap shirts anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so but worryingly for France, and, and what what you mentioned before about um, South Africa couldn't possibly keep that approach up for more than twenty minutes at any one time. France couldn't keep that approach up for more than thirty minutes in the game. Because they they tired and they dropped back and Argentina got on top towards the end. Yeah, and I don't know if I was expecting Argentina to win because they had so much momentum. I don't think did they tire or did they just get a a little bit disorganized? No, they missed they missed penalties that they had and they weren't given penalties that they won, but weren't given. Well, they so they didn't get them. But I mean, I I still think not to the same extent as South Africa. But um, in general, they are getting better. It's a relatively new coach. It's a relatively new way of playing, even though it's the old style, style of France. 
I think they're going to be really competitive. Come, come the next England game, they're going to be very, very competitive. I, I think. So watch them lose to Tonga now. <laughs> it's always possible. <laughs> I think having watched the two games this weekend, I'm I am more nervous as an England fan. Yeah, I, I thought France and Argentina both put on a better display than I expected. By yeah. the way, just the did you see Argentina in the tunnel before they walked out? No, they were all this. All the replacements were bouncing up and down, pushing and hitting the players yeah. as they walked out. Yeah, Matera's face, that guy, the whole oh, guy, he I is an in, he's an intense man. I love the the passion, the way they scream and cry during the anthems. That that I I would have. I would if I would have run if if I, if I met them down a dark alley. I would I would sprint the other way. I don't know if you noticed this. I tell you, who was in unbelievable shape. Wenceslas uh, uh, Laurie. Goodness me, that guy is. Uh, he looks like he's. I wouldn't say chiselled out, um, out, uh, uh, out of granite. It doesn't really doesn't really do do him justice. He's <laughs> a, remor- a remarkably sculpted man. Remarkably. Yeah. They're not the big lumpy pack. They're that, really that not, they, uh, no, with the except, exception of uh, Varmahina. Varmahina, yeah. But even the, even the props are you know relatively small. They're not small by any stretch, but they're relatively small compared to yeah. Ben Tamafuna. What's really interesting is again in build up, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, problem for Argentina is they've they've lost the they've lost the pack. They yeah. they, they used to have a, a fierce fearsome pack, and they don't have yeah, it anymore." Stupid. France got yeah. battered up front. Whose stupid idea was it to go around spreading rumors about Argentinian scrimmaging just before World Cup? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, you're right. So here's my... I've got two questions. So Phil sort of answered it. Are you two boys now? We've seen all three of these teams, all three of these teams play. More, more concerned. I'm back to where I was a year ago. Okay. And B... How much are you looking forward to us looking forward to going to that England Argentina game, Tim? Uh, I'm not. Really, I haven't really given it any thought that you two will be there at England Argentina. Not that bothered. Do I wear an England jersey? Because although everyone thinks I hate England, I love England. And I love what they do for our download uh, numbers. I want you to wear the Chris Robshaw signed jersey and and have it part of Resurrection. Uh, or no, what's the what's the opposite of? Um, uh, not retribution. That's not what I mean. But um, resurrection works. What? Yeah. Retribution. No, and it's not retribution. No, but it's it's like uh, when you. Oh, I can't think of the word. When you when you sort of like put things right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. This is, we'll come back to that. Yeah, but whatever that is. Hashtag 2019. 
Just exactly. exercise the, the, the Robshaw demon. Well, you've got to beat Argentina and you've got to beat France first. So let's say, let's take it one step well, No, no, time. we've just got to beat Argentina. That's it. If we beat Argentina, we're through. Argentina and USA, three wins. The France is just for which position we get. Okay. So do I wear an England top or do I wear a Haguaras top? Haguaras. For you. Yeah, I'm thinking it. I'm thinking <laughs> it. I, I, I could support either team. Not really bothered. Um, Ireland, Scotland this morning. Uh, well, okay, so what annoys me the most, the most in the world is... Is that all your predictions yeah. came wrong. So, well, let, uh, so, <laughs> so let me let, let, let me tell you... You'd be my... much better just flipping a coin. Yeah. Like... Or everyone would have been much better. Listen to JB's predictions, put an accumulator on the opposite happening and you'll be quids in. My accumulator failed pretty early on in the weekend. <laughs> so, um, yes... My thought process for these teams is they've had plenty of time to be together. It's a World Cup. They've got no excuses. Because there's not been much rugby before that, they've pretty much got full fitness. So, you know, there's a couple of guys out, like a Falatel. But generally speaking, every squad is as strong as it can be coming in because they've had had, had the summer off. So you combine all these things and you think, what is the best version of that team? Because that's where they should be. Yeah. And Ireland showed up with the best version of Ireland and Scotland. I do not know what I was watching. They were this, garbage. This was 2018 vintage Ireland. I, and it was yes. 2018 where they won the Six Nations. Leinster won everything that they could yeah. win. They beat New Zealand. Andy Farrell's defence was the bedrock of their success. Conor Murray was kicking brilliantly. Yeah, Johnny Sexton was able to sit in the pocket because the team up front were doing the business. Yeah, the pack was... Grinding out opposition, yeah. turning them into a pulp, and I, so yeah, I was standard was and, running and over I, people, and I've never heard so, so many pessimistic, pessimistic Irish fans coming into this weekend. There's a bunch of them I work with who are also. I'm really worried about this. The chap on our on on the Betfair show, Gavin, um, that, that that we did, he was thinking, oh, it's you know what, it's it's over, it's over. We're coming in world number one, and but, it's, it's over. You know, although Phil referenced, uh, you know, Ireland teams from only a few years ago. This was a Scottish team from about five years ago. This is like pre-Vern Cotter Scotland. It was absolutely... <laughs> this is Andy Robinson Scotland. It was absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Now, how much of it do you attribute to Scotland just being that bad and, and fluffing their lines on, on the bigger stage? And how much can be attributed to Ireland? Oh, Ireland didn't let them play. I, 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 yeah, but they kicked away everything. They kicked everything to Jordan. I mean, that is obviously the plan. Yeah, but, but that was obviously Keep the plan. Keep it in hand, boys. You know, you've, you've well, got, no, because you've got the, Hogg, you've got Johnson, you've got Finn Russell. But every time they tried that as well, every time they tried to return the kicks, it's just Ireland's kicks were, were excellent. Every time they tried to return it, they got tackled, turned over and smashed. Yeah, but... The, yeah. You know, the, kick, the kick chase of Ireland, again, it was, it was, like, it was Ireland's br- blueprint... That won, any, won them the Grand Slam. Has anyone ever looked at Finn Russell and thought, yeah, that is, uh, you know, that's my uh, Owen Farrell type or Dan Bigger type of ta- tactical kicker, um, could control the game type player? No, just let him play. Yep. And well, the, the problem, Ireland did not let they him did, play. didn't let so him. And we, also, jo- the, Johnny, Johnny Sexton looked suspect when Ireland weren't dominant up front. It's the same with any international team. Owen Farrell and George, George Ford behind a, a pack going backwards. Does not look as good when England have good ball. He's as good as anyone in the world. Well, I would argue that Finn, that that Finn Russell and actually most of the Scottish backs are fairly used to now playing behind a pack, which is adequate. And maybe they were less than adequate today, but they've never been a dominant pack. I mean, they were never dominant in Twickenham against the English pack, and yet they scored what thirty-eight points in, in, 
uh, in the second half. In a half. They can do it. They can, and they decided not to. Uh, yeah, I, I think them decided not to. They didn't have the option. And um, McGeekin pointed out at half-time, the rush defence, the blitz defence of Ireland, was run like a targeted blitz defence. On the two playmakers, he said, didn't he? Yeah. On, and they... It doesn't matter if you stop him, just disrupt him. They threw someone as fast as you possibly could, almost out of the line, at um, Finn Russell, and it totally disrupted him, and at Stuart Hogg. And you could see both of them getting more and more frustrated because they weren't being allowed to do anything like what they wanted to do. It was very, very disappointing. Yeah. And from a point... Well, that's probably the... I'd say that's the biggest takeaway, but but in terms of my my predictions, I'm sat here very smug. Um, you smug? I nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> me smug, yeah, because I said Australia comfortably, Ireland comfortably. Um, I said Argentina would sneak it, but anyway. But the the what I did think also when we talked about it, I said I don't, I don't, Japan can't trouble Ireland. They could trouble Scotland, but they probably won't. Actually, I, I don't you know. know. That, that's, that's, that's the takeaway now is that that final game in that pool. It's going to be a very interesting, very finish. very interesting finish because the pressures, the pressure is on, um, on Scotland. For and Scotland game. would have, uh, Scotland would have had a lot of pressure on, would have felt a lot of pressure coming into this game, knowing yeah. that it was a shootout for top spot. When I was watching that game, I was I was thinking, did Townsend make a mistake by not selecting either Hugh Jones or Rory Hutchinson? Oh, uh, yeah. yes, we talked we talked about it before. Yes. Because, so yeah, Rory totally. Hutchinson obviously. He's he's very very green, but very talented. Hugh Jones has not been playing. So Sevy Reese, by the way, true. Yeah, very true. And George Bridge. Yeah, but uh, they, they, they yeah, both look right. all right. You're right, but just it was. So Hutchinson is such a dangerous runner, and Hugh Jones was certainly two years ago such a talented player that it, it almost just by having the name or the ability of them in that line, well then you're trying to do a blitz on three men rather than two men. And it becomes you, you're just asking more questions because I thought the the two centres who are are decent players, but they didn't do anything. Johnson and and Taylor. So yeah, so yeah, um, yeah just a thought, just to ruin my all my arguments. Uh, look at the stats here: kicks from hand, only twenty seven from Scotland compared to thirty nine from Ireland. Yeah, Scotland. Scotland again, it's it's the pack. They didn't they didn't have much ball. But when you look at the teams that you're thinking could be. World Cup contenders, Ireland, England, New Zealand, South Africa, all played the same. When they're under any sort of pressure or when the ball's not quick, box kick it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Every single time. And Wales will do the same. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the box kick on slow ball is that. Um, is absolutely fine. So, so uh, 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 sort of returning back to the, all, returning back to England and the way they played all. against Tonga, yeah. it's actually no. This is how a World Cup is going to be won. This is how every World Cup. Has ever been won. Yeah, but Scotland are those four powerhouse teams. That's no, no, no. Preci- no, no, no. Precisely, they need to. They need to take risks. They need to take risks. Yeah, yeah, but they oh, weren't so, allowed. It's like, so, it's like Japan. Japan. The only way they can combat one of those tactics, as they did in 2015, is by yeah, frankly, doing something very it different. Was the most disappointing of probably every performance. A hundred percent. Even Tonga got three points. Tonga and Scotland have scored an equal amount of points. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, um, Russia scored more points. Although, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did anyone watch the full? Did anyone get the full house this weekend and watch the other game that we've not spoken about? Sale Sharks versus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get up on. Su- I, I didn't wake I up on Sunday morning. I've just watched highlights. 
This is the I I I I cannot say I have watched every single World Cup game so far because this is the one I didn't want. I watched half it. So can I say I've watched everyone? Uh, No, no, and I I watched it, but I was out quite late last night, so I watched it uh, in the gym this afternoon. um, The full game back. Um, You've watched the whole game though. Fair play. Yeah, Yeah, but not at the right time, unfortunately. This is it's Italy uh, forty-seven, Namibia twenty-two, and. this, this was a, another, a bit similar to the Russia-Japan game, where the um, lesser team shocked the better team by a very early score, yeah. disrupting them. But ultimately, Italy's power, it's, Italy's pack did look great, admittedly, against a, a poor Namibian team. Yeah, yeah, 22 points against Italy. Nothing um, nothing to scoff at. I mean, no, it, Italy should be a bit worried about their their leaky defence for a couple of those tries. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so something interesting about Namibia, obviously they're coached by Phil uh, Phil Davis, who used to be yeah. RGC, and also in, interviewed them. They run a traffic light system. And do, are you aware of what the traffic light system is? No. Well, so, so what they sounds, do... It sounds like something out of a primary school. Yes, it's something like that. Uh, they've basically got a bunch of players. If you're a green player for, South, uh, for, South, for Namibia, right... That means that you're capable of 80 minutes worth of international rugby. If you've got amber, it's like you've, you've got about a half. And if you're red, well, maybe you shouldn't be there, but you know, you're the best that, best that we've got. Um, <laughs> Do they tell the players this? I don't know, but that's what... Yeah, well, I don't know if they tell them or not, but that, this, this is how they market their cards to decide who they're going to play and what, you know, and what players, players that they've got. But it does put it into context what these tier two nations have got to go through just to put up put out a team. So to score twenty two points, regardless, mm. is bloody impressive. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, they gave a great account of themselves. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah, one of these days, I think we're going to find a very good Namibia team because yes, they're not actually that populous as a nation. I don't even think they've got a Curry Cup team, or they might have a Curry Cup team. They is might it? have in the past. I'm, I don't know. Are the ball? Are the border bulldogs? Don't know. Namibian. Anyway, no. not that it matters. Uh, but you can imagine that they could scout South Africa and find quite a few Namibian qualified guys. You know, it wouldn't surprise me in, in the future that you know, if they do get a, a, a little bit more competitive. Well, they gave a great account of themselves. Um, there, there was a few entertaining things that have happened during this World Cup so far um, on Australian rugby. This uh, this was after the England game. Hold on a minute. This this has got a lot of the uh, Pacific Island players. Are you allowed to? Uh, some people are, are, just are, say whatever. Do people want. get offended Who by knows? Pacific Island? I, I've had people Who? say before you can't say Pacific Island. What? I know. There are Pacific Islands. Well, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, islands in the Pacific. Yeah, this is players all, from islands in the Pacific. This is on Fox in Australia. He's he's literally called Manu Samoa Tuolangi. Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, to be fair to the guys, they might just be told like you know Billy's Tonga and they got mixed like, mixed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it can happen. It can happen. Yes. Yeah. If you're reporting on rugby, you should know the difference. Uh, how about this? Don't mention it. <laughs> yeah. That would be the better way. Yeah, that's fair. And the other one, of course, which has done the rounds massively, which is amazing. I love this. (laughs) 
That's a man that no longer cares, isn't it? Graham is Henry. Brilliant. That's a man that no, that no one's going to fire him. You know, he's not worried about future employment. Doesn't care. Love that so much. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Ah, uh, good lad. Well, that's when you've won. A, when you've won a World Cup, yeah, you can say what, do what you want. I, I quite like getting. But that's what I quite like about. I'm not. I'm not saying this about Graham Henry, although he is an elder statesman. But relative, but relatively speaking, he's still quite young. But I do like that about old people as well. It's just when they just go, oh, don't I don't care. Do I they? don't care anymore. Got all don't the give a shit anymore. <laughs> got, got got my career. Yeah. So I want. I'm totally saying what they want. Uh, Stuart Barnes is doing the rounds for Australian uh, Australian TV. He's the English pundit on uh, Australia's that, Fox coverage. That, uh, oh, that's those, right. So, those poor Australians. They'll get a stellar service from uh, from Stuart, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Uh, so it looks like we've done a swap. So do what, 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 is there like an exchange program? Do we send one there and they send us? Like, <laughs> who who would be the Who would be the Aussie count uh, equivalent? Oh, oh, I don't think there is one. Well, Michael Liner's obviously working. Yeah, but, but he's, he's won a World he, Cup, and and he's brilliant. He's he's very very good. What I really about like Stuart? Him. He's saying he's not brilliant. <laughs> well, that's not. They, that, it's just very good at the things he does. Yeah. But like, uh, um, it would be like who's a who's a Australian player who played a few times for Australia? Oh, in Graham Bond in the same era. Graham, go with Graham Bond, right? Uh, a guy who's phenomenally talented. Actually, played at Cell, Cell Shocks. Uh, he played. He played ten. I thought or, he was a Kiwi. No, Bond is definitely Australian. Oh, okay, yeah. Played, yeah. played for the Brumbies. Uh, I thought he was absolutely absolutely awesome. Played against the Lions too. Twelve or twelve or ten must have two caps. So that yeah, that'd be the guy because you know Stuart Bond was pretty talented back in the day. Yeah, he could play a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, does Graham Bond have the same views as Stuart? I have no idea. But yeah, let's go with Graham Bond. <laughs> now, uh, I'm going to suggest something now because we've had a load of people um, putting questions and stuff on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. We could have a bit of a question time Q and A quickfire session, which would also fit in nicely with a World Cup quiz, which fillers. Which Ooh. Phil has sorted, which we could then also combine with our predictions for the coming games, and we could do that in a little pot. We, we could just have a quick break now, go and get a cup of tea, and then have a Q and Q and A pod coming up coming up in the feed next. I am parched, so that sounds like a great idea. And I've got a horrible cold, which is my <laughs> mouth breathing heavily. You sound, you sound a bit like Graham, Hen- a bit more like Graham Henry at the minute. <laughs> I feel awful, boys. Uh, I can't wait to. We're, we're sat in a, like a twenty-eight degree um, incubation chamber. Of a dungeon, yeah. I can't wait. It's to just acclimatization for Japan. For, yeah, <laughs> can't uh, wait to get ill for hey. you just before we set off. Yeah, ideal. Just before we go in, why don't you tell everyone where they can get some um, wonderful egg chasers rugby stash from, and oh. also a razor? I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell them on the next podcast, as well as the quiz and our predictions for the next round of games. But just as I say, these are going to be coming. We normally do them every single Sunday night, so they're there for you on a Monday morning. Of course, we will still be there for you. But it's the World Cup. Oh, are we allowed to talk about Premiership Cup in it? Come on, quickly. We can do quick. It does matter. It is rugby. So me and Tim will leave at the end of the the next one. Me and Tim will leave and you can have as long as you want. You heathens. Heathens. So, right, hit subscribe and we're going to go and get a cup of tea. We'll be back in a minute. Fine. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.